Blog Talk Radio. The complaints roll off the tongue like rain from the sky, drenching everything and everyone in its path. The dark cloud, ever-present. The anger and frustration, contagious. The negative ninnies are all around us, and very often the negative ninny is you. You have tuned in to Debt-Free Wealth Radio. Trudy Behrman here. Our, our website is DebtFreeWealthRadio.com. Debt-Free Wealth Radio is a production of TrudyBehrman.com. Thank you for taking us along with you as you're listening in on your mobile phone, on the web, through Stitcher Radio or iTunes Podcast. Welcome. I invite you to come on board as we explore all things money that I hope will inform, inspire, and ignite you to enjoy lifestyle upgrades the debt-free wealth way. Today's topic is, you negative ninny, you are your own worst enemy, toxic thinking, and your money. A woman called me recently claiming she wanted to fix her finances, but what followed was a tsunami vomit of all her problems. I couldn't get a word in edgewise, and when I did, it was immediately followed by another spit of toxic waste. Frustrated, I called a halt to the downpour and told her, She wasn't actually calling for help. What she wanted was another ear to join her pity party. Every suggestion was met with further objection. She was not looking for help. She was not ready to receive any help, even if I were ready to serve it on a silver platter. She felt like a victim and wanted to continue to be the victim and wanted every person around her to feel sorry for her, thereby justifying that her problem was so overwhelming that yet another person would just understand her condition. Now, don't get me wrong. There is nothing wrong with venting and her everything she's experiencing is real. However, in her world, that is all that matters and that's all that she wanted to matter. Are you a negative ninny? Are you your own worst enemy? Is toxic thinking messing with your money? When this woman called, what she wanted and contacted me was for me, a financial educator, to also agree that there was no way out of her trouble. Because if she could get me to agree that her issue was unsolvable, well, that would just add credibility to her claim and justify for her why things remain the way they are. Henry Ford was quoted to say, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Thank you, Henry Ford, for that brilliant observation of humanity. Every problem has a solution. The problem is some of you are not looking for a solution. And when you're even faced with the solution, you try to convince yourself that the solution is actually a brand new problem. There is a person out, there are people out there who are are just not ready to fix their financial problem. But when you are ready, the answer or answers 
will appear. Change your mind. Change your money. Do you know how a radio works? In simple terms, you turn your dial to a frequency and you pick up a particular station that is playing at that frequency and voila, you hear that station. Have you ever seen an angry person walk into a room and voila, suddenly there's tension in the atmosphere and everybody even starts snapping at each other? Have you heard the saying, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy? What I'm getting here, getting at here is that whether we realize it or not, we give off an energy and others detect it and we can infect a room positively or negatively when we enter that space. Negative ninnies bring a toxic energy into their space and their dark cloud is so prevalent that unless the others around them are very deliberate about keeping their own mood, it won't be long before everyone in that mood has a bit of that toxic energy beginning to affect them. Now, if you're a breadwinner, an entrepreneur, or a leader, and you are the negative ninny, then your toxic energy has such an influencing impact on everyone around you and your environment, and soon it will become so negative, a congestion so thick, that there's no one that will be unaffected. And if you truly want to change your finances, you have to change. The problem is many of you are not ready to change. And the longer you stay wallowing in self-pity and celebrating your pity party by sending out new invitations for others to join you in that pity party, you ensure that your condition remains and the road out of your situation is blocked. When I first started Debt Free Wealth Radio and my mission to help those who were in a challenging financial situation see the light at the end of the dark tunnel, I kept running into negative ninnies. I could clearly see that their situation was dire and that they loved talking about how dire their situation was. But the moment some solutions were put on the table, I watched these same people who just bawled about how bad things were crank into reverse and back away. In fact, many were belligerent about how dare I suggest that their situation could change or even worse, point out that they were directly contributing to their situation. It took me a while to realize it, but I eventually got the message. As much as I wanted to and I was willing to help, negative people do not want help. Negative people want an audience to their pity party. It forced me to change my target market. Instead of reaching out to people who I could see obviously needed help, I was now offering help to those who reached out for help. And those are the people who could see that they needed help, and that was a huge difference. Does this sound strange or even mean? Well, have you ever met an alcoholic or a drug-addicted person and tried to get them to stop feeding their addiction? No matter how much you see that their addiction is hurting them, and even they may even agree that their addiction is hurting them, until that person is ready and they themselves reach out for help, any help that you offer or force on them does not work, at least not in the long term. That's a Band-Aid approach to fixing stuff. And if you are using the Band-Aid approach to fixing your finances, that too will not work. If you're in deep debt and you suddenly get a bankruptcy and all that debt disappears, your immediate problem has a wonderful Band-Aid. But unless you change, nothing 
has changed. In fact, there are statistics showing that second and third bankruptcies are very high, and that was just until recently when the law changed, making it way more difficult to get that second bankruptcy as they used to have it in the past. But similarly, the rate for second and third divorces are also high because, guys, sometimes the, referring, the recurring factor in those equations is you. You keep marrying the same kind of man because you keep attracting the same kind of man because you keep sending out the vibes that attract that kind of man and you keep sending out that vibes because of the way you think. You get a bankruptcy, but you keep running your finances the same way as before and the next thing you know, you're back in deeper financial messes. We attract what we think. Let me repeat that. We attract what we think. We think and thinking creates feelings. Feelings create actions, and actions create results. And sometimes those results are the ones we don't want, but we keep producing. You can slap a Band-Aid on a problem all you want, or you can fix the source of the problem. Financial problems are not the real problem, guys. Financial problems are usually a manifestation of a real problem, and the real problem is very often you. Yes, I said. I said it. I know you don't want to hear it, but I said it. Many of you are ready right now to turn this show off, and that's fine with me because the last thing that you want to hear or admit is the fact that a lot of the problems you have right now with your finances are your fault or you contributed to it or you neglected to do something about it and in, a, and in any significant way and maybe even attracted that problem to yourself. How much easier and better for you to, to point out your lost job or your baby, stat, your baby daddy stopped sending the checks or the flood, the fire, or the famine? Do you remember the story of Job, the Bible story of Job? Job was a wealthy man, and the devil asked God to sift him. The devil was convinced that if Job lost his wealth, his status, and everything he owned, that he wouldn't love God very much. A fact that is actually true for many of us today. We love God when things are going well, and we blame him when they don't. Anyway, it could easily be said that all the drama that Job endured, the death of all his children, the loss of all his wealth, his status in the community taken away, his body in sores, were really not his fault. Poor Job. A true victim. Yes. The devil did unleash on Job, and there was nothing that Job could do about it directly. And there was nothing that Job directly did to bring those dramas on himself. But here is a verse that many overlook. Tucked away in the story of Job is Job chapter 3, verse 25. And here's what it says in the King James Version. For the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of, is come unto me. Let me read it again. Job chapter 3, verse 25. This is Job speaking. For the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. You see, Job feared losing everything, and the devil was happy to oblige. The devil is very aware of our Achilles' heel, and he's very willing to use it to test you. In other words, focusing on your fear draws it to you. The more you feed the fear monster, the longer that monster hangs around. In 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, it says, 
casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5. I have an action that I do. Every time a negative or a fearful thought comes into my head, I acknowledge it. Then pretending that I had a thought bubble over my head, I reach my hand up and I grab the imaginary thought and I toss it away. It is very symbolic, but it delivers me from continuing in that direction. I go through a physical experience of capturing the thought and bringing my mind back to what the Bible promises. Because you see, 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Okay, so there are some disasters that can and do happen and will impact your finances. I'm not saying that those things do not happen. However, if those things happen to someone with a positive mindset, that person is usually filled with being open to solutions. But if those same things happen to someone with a negative mindset, that person will likely choose to wallow in self-pity long beyond what is healthy. Then they'll find themselves spiraling into an abyss of depression and digging their grave with their own teeth. Maya Angelou, who recently died, is quoted to have said, you may not control all the events that happen to you, but you can decide not to be reduced by them. Viktor Frankl, a Jewish Holocaust survivor, is quoted as saying, when we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. So I'm here to offer help, but only to those who are ready to receive it. To receive it. You see, over time, I've developed great listening skills. And over time, however, I find that I'm listening for mindset. And I filter out what I hear for mindset. There is no financial situation so bad that it cannot be fixed. But there is a mindset that will not work no matter how much resources you throw at it. In the early 1990s, I had a swimwear factory. Initially, I hired skilled machine operators and seamstresses, but many days of my, many times my days were filled with managing personality clashes and time-wasting arguments. Then one day I took a chance on a young lady that had a great attitude but zero skill. It took me a while to train her, and many times I felt that my time was too valuable to do that. It definitely slowed me down, and it slowed my production for a while as I was training her. However, she was so grateful for the opportunity. She asked a lot of questions. She showed so much interest. She put out so much effort that I kept her, and I kept working with her. Later, she became competent enough to begin adding to the production line. And soon, her line was humming seamlessly while the other ladies were squabbling. When I had reason to fire one, I replaced that person with someone with a good attitude. And soon, I hired only on attitude because I realized it was easier for me to train for skill than for attitude. Soon, the work atmosphere in that factory was harmonious. And those less skilled people soon became very competent. Yet, years later, here I was, reaching out again to help people who clearly needed help, only to be met with rejection and anger. 
One day I was at an ex one. I had a table set up and a woman approached me. She shared her story of being unemployed for two years and of not being able to find a job. And with the changes to the unemployment benefit rules, it was getting harder to get the money from the government. Basically, the change was that she had to say that she had indeed looked for work that week but wasn't offered the job. Many of the time, she acknowledged that that was a lie because if she were offered the job, well, the hours didn't work or it didn't pay enough or it was just too far from her home and so on and so on. You see, she didn't want a job. What she wanted was to continue to receive the unemployment check and the food stamps, etc., while being home and in control of her time and freedom to decide what goes on in her day. How dare I suggest that she, continue, she could, in fact, continue to be home, control her day, and have an income if she created her own economy by creating her own income stream. That, my friends, is work, and, and she had tasted what it was like to have income without work, and it was going to take a job offer that was way more than her unemployment check with tons of, of perks to entice this lady to go back into the work world. So she did not want a solution. What she wanted was for me to join her pity party. And like the woman who contacted me, she wanted someone else to validate her situation, thus agreeing that it was the only way that things had to be. Well, I'm very sorry. You will not find that here. <laughs> it's some serious tough love that I dish out, and not a lot of people can handle it because they want the pity party uh, invitation, and I'm not taking it. You may not agree with the solutions that are before you, but trust me, there is always a solution. There is always a way out. It may mean temporarily cutting out the drive through and actually cooking. It may mean buying fresh vegetables and cutting them yourself instead of paying the extra dollar for the cut frozen option. It may mean adding a home-based business and working it in your spare time. It may mean downsizing your home or carpooling. Yes, these are inconveniences. You may even see them as a setback. But remember, I'm all about lifestyle upgrades, folks. We desire them and we truly deserve them. However, sometimes we do need a temporary strategy to help create the bridge to the other side of our financial mess. And until you are ready, and until you are ready, and until you are ready, there is no one and no resource on the planet that will truly fix the problem for you. So many in that desperate place make a desperate decision. Grabbing a job they know that they will hate. Literally grabbing at straws. But then they take that job with the mindset that they already hate it. And within days of being there, they have all the evidence that they need to support that fact. The job is too far. The boss is too mean. The coworkers are stupid. The pay is too little. Folks, those facts may be correct, but the attitude makes it even more so. If you took that job, as much as it wasn't the perfect job, but you saw it as a temporary strategy, showed up with a smile and gave it your best shot, you might just find that smiling makes you forget for a moment that your job is less than ideal. If smiling with the customers helps them to smile back with you, then you can have series of sweet moments throughout the day that makes the day seem not so tough. Your mind can stay clear and alert. You can stay focused on your goal, and before you know it, that positive attitude may get your promotion or allow you to see those opportunities that are indeed right under your nose. 
There is a mental fog that comes with the negative mindset that blocks your vision from seeing those solutions and opportunities. Negative walking, walk, negatively walking around with that dark cloud, honestly, there's no one but you can change that. You have to decide to change that. It's like losing weight. No matter how much you know, how much you claim to, you want to lose it, that gym membership you paid for isn't going to help you if you don't go. And even if you go, if you don't move your body to a sweat, no matter how much you know and no matter how much you say you want to lose the weight, you're, if you're shoveling the crap in your mouth and shoveling it often, it ain't going to work. There is a mental readiness. It's not the tools, the information, nor the resources that make the difference, really. It's the mental readiness. And those tools, resources, and, and opportunities only become useful when you are ready to use them. So if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired and you're dying to get back to the <sighs> going to be all right feeling about your finances, now you are a candidate for help. Whether you get that help from me, from a self-help course or book, or from a friend, the next time that you are willing to air, the next time you have a willing air, sorry, the next time you have a willing air to hear your situation, instead of barraging them with the verbal diarrhea, speak your situation into questions, being open to hear an answer. Very often the answer is inside you, and questions allow your mind to deliver answers. So instead of saying, I don't have a job, try, how can I find an income from the talents and skills that I have? Instead of saying, I'm so overwhelmed with, say, how can I begin to clear the debt away? If someone suggests an answer that may not immediately resonate with you, hold your tongue from spitting out how that answer is not right and don't more tech toxic waste about how bad your problem is. And instead, try saying, well, that doesn't immediately seem like the answer I was looking for, but it is a step in the right direction. Are there any other solutions you can suggest? You see, your mind will not be open to seeing answers if your mind is not asking the right questions. Instead of asking yourself, why am I always failing? Say instead, what did I just learn from that experience? Instead of asking the wrong question of why do bad things always happen to you, because trust me, your brain will deliver the answer. Instead, say, you know what, I woke up this morning, I'm alive, that's a good thing. What is this wonderful new day going to deliver to help improving my life? Stop being a negative ninny. Your situation will not magically change with, with an immediate change of mind, but you will, it will seem magical that you start seeing things that were really always under your nose, but you couldn't see it because you walked around with a dark cloud. People are more willing to help those who are willing to help themselves. Last year, a family had a huge financial problem. The grandmother had died, and there was no money to bury her. As the adults talked about the problem, the eight-year-old grandson was busy thinking about a solution. The parents focused on the problem and how they were helpless to solve it. The eight-year-old grandson focused on how he could, solve, he could help to solve it. I want you to listen to this clip. Now to a very special young man in Garfield Heights. Well, he's earned the title Kool-Aid Kid as he raises money for someone very close to him. Our Blake Chenault joins us live to tell us more. 
Yeah, certainly not your typical lemonade stand. Go ahead and have a look under that shady tree there. The money raised from this stand won't go to buy gum and candy for its eight-year-old operator. No, instead it'll go to something much more profound. With cooler in hand and drinks on the table, this is how eight-year-old Michael Diamond and friends have begun their last three days operating this lemonade stand, but the money raised here will go to a special cause. I'm raising the money for my grandmother's funeral. Michael's grandmother died on Father's Day, which he took pretty hard. I've never heard a baby scream like that. To pass the long hours out here on the stand, Michael sometimes daydreams about what he would say to his grandmother if he had the chance. I would say, I love you. I hope I see you again. Problem with the lemonade stand, if there is one, is it's well off the main road, which is Garfield Boulevard. The stand is at the end of the street, at least 10 houses down. A time lapse seems to confirm that suspicion. Here, a mailman passes along with just a few customers. But not to be discouraged, Michael keeps the ice ready. His large lemonade selling for a dollar and the small ones for 50 cents. They are drinks sure to satisfy thirst as well as helping a family in need. Three days out here on the stand, $57 has been raised. The funeral is scheduled for Tuesday. In Garfield Heights, Blake Chennault, 19 Action News. Well, now that people know about it, please get over there and contribute. I have a feeling somebody's going to step up. Maybe a business or something. Wouldn't that be nice? Now I deliberately played this clip and not the one showing the end result. You see, what I wanted you to see is when you focus on the problem, all you see is the problem. But when you start thinking about solutions, solutions and resources and help will come to you. As this news clip pointed out, his solution was not an ideal one. And of itself, the lemonade stand that this boy set up did not solve the problem. After waking, working for three days in what the news reporters said was basically a bad business location, Michael had only raised $57 in three days. But guess what? His effort to solve the problem did not go unnoticed. Picked up by, by Action News, more people showed up, and in the end, Michael raised more than $5,000 in time, which was just enough to send his grandmother off in a decent way. Guys, I'm here to help you, but I warn you, I do deliver tough love. I will listen to the challenges you have, but I am, I, forgive me, I refuse to be a toxic dumping ground. If you seek my help or you do research to help yourself or you read a book or whatever resource you use, you must decide that you want the help. You must reach out to grab it, and you must be open to the process that the universe will deliver when you are open. There are resources and people willing to help you, but you have to stop being a negative ninny and use your energy instead to ask questions that are geared to deliver the answers, help, and resources that you want. Get out of your own way. Stop the whining. Whining didn't raise the money for that grandmother's funeral, and whining will not fix your financial situation. There is a problem. Yes, no one is denying that. However, Attitude alters alternatives. That's one of Trudy's sayings, okay? So I didn't get that from anywhere. That's me saying it. Attitude alters alternatives. Those you see and those that open up to you. If a glass is 50% full, some of you will look at it and whine that it's half empty. Well, I'm ready to help those of you who see the 50% content for what it is, 50% content, and see that as being halfway to becoming full. 
I'm super simple to find at TrudyBearman.com, and I do look forward to connecting with you. And if you want the do-it-yourself option, check out the resource at Debt Free Wealth Academy, and that's DebtFreeWealthAcademy.com. And if you, however you found the show today, there is a link built in for a 25% off the full price. So for $35, guys, you will get access to my 12-module online course that is worth way more than even the full price of $47. And guys, I know it is way more. I know what I put into it. I know what it can deliver. But I know what it's like to be in debt and desperate for help. And I priced it so there will be, this is a no excuse price. I don't care how broke you are, this is a no excuse price. And it even includes a 30-minute chat with me if you want it. Guys, the easiest way to connect with me is to download my, download my app on your smartphone. Simply go to the Google Play Store, type my name in, Trudy Behrman, download the app on your Android device, and everything is a click away, and the app for the Apple device will come soon. Thank you for tuning into this show. 2014 is the year for your abundance. Let's pick up the momentum and press on for the prize of the high calling of Jesus Christ. Trudy Behrman here saying I love you all, and I will see you next week. <laughs>